I'm Gail Nelson, President and CEO of Big Brothers Big Sisters Miami and the host of the Game of Life Mentoring Podcast. We want to focus in on true relationships, the power of relationships. As we talk bigs and blue, law enforcement, our communities, real relationships, real productivity, real success in the game of life. I am pleased to be right here at the North Miami Beach Police Department on site with the big guy, Chief Richard Rand, big brother Richard Rand, a new big brother who just was matched less than 30 days. So Chief, thank you for being so welcoming and hosting us here today. Well, thank you for being here and I'm honored to be able to sit in front of you and I'm honored to be a big brother. Now let's talk about, before we get into your journey as sure. a big that you just started, you're not new to the mentoring space. Uh, and tell me about your just personal journey. Sure. I want to get to know, and I want our audience to know the man behind the badge. Sure. So starting from a very young age, I was born and raised here in North Miami Beach. I am a true hometown boy, deeply rooted in the community. Uh, I was raised by a single mother. My father left me when she was still pregnant with me uh, at her eight, eighth month of pregnancy. Got on a bus, said I don't want the responsibilities of a child, and left. Never saw him again. My mother never saw him again. My mother and my grandmother started raising me uh, with my sister, raised by three women, which makes me the man that I am today, as well as my big brother. At about eight years old, my mother reached out to big brothers and big sisters and thought that it would be great for me to have a mentor, somebody that would be in my life that would do things with me that she couldn't do because she worked full time. She was always at work. And so I built a relationship with my big brother at a young age. He took me horseback riding. We used to go to the beach. He used to love to bowl. His name was Mitchell. Um, he's no longer alive today. I think about him all the time. And that's probably one of the biggest reasons that I got involved in Big Brothers and Big Sisters is, is to give back because it made such a difference in my life. Let's just pause for a minute because as you're speaking, Chief, wow, I was raised by a mom and a grandma and my parents divorced when I was two years old. And so many, and I'm the man I am today because of what those women instilled in me. And so you are here, Chief of Police, yes. North Miami Beach, homegrown. Yes. But first of all, this, is your mom still alive? My mother is still alive, yes. She lives in Broward County. I gotta meet your mom. Okay. To thank her okay. for trusting big brothers, big sisters with you. Okay. Think about that. Sure. An eight-year-old son, a dad who says, you know, no mas, I'm out. Right. But she trusted us, and needless to say, you turned out okay. <laughs> I turned out, yes, I turned out very okay. Oh my goodness, very no successful. doubt about that. Yes. And so thank you for your service to this community. Uh, uh, shout out to your mom, thank you. but also uh, to Mitch. That was your big brother's name, That was Mitch. his name, yeah, Mitch. Uh, and so may he rest in peace yes. because his legacy lives on uh, through you. So I just had to take a moment because we don't exist without the parents' trust, sure. uh, the community's trust, sure. uh, and having, uh, you know, again, kids who are mentored and those bigs who spend that time uh, one with another. So Mitch was there. He taught. What are some of the uh, lessons that Mitch taught you? To be good to women, mm. how to respect people. Um, Mitch taught me how to speak with people. He taught me eye-to-eye -eye contact. He taught me that, and I remember he always used to tell me, even at a young age, that I need to think before I speak and that I need to make sure that I do the right thing. And to me, that meant the world. And you apply those same lessons that your big brother taught you to every day as a police chief. And that's what got me here. Let me ask you this. Yes. Uh, 
as you, let's talk about your schooling. And sure. so you, you become a little brother at age eight. You got these life lessons from your big brother, Mitch. Tell me about schooling and as you kind of matriculated through uh, school here in North Miami Beach. Sure. So I, I, like I said, I grew up in North Miami Beach. I went to Fulford Elementary, which is three minutes from here. Uh, from there, I went to Oak Grove Elementary. Mm -hmm. uh, we moved out of North Miami Beach. Actually, we stayed in the area, Oak Grove Apartments on 6th Avenue. Uh, and then from there, I went to Fulford Elementary. Uh, I'm sorry, Oak Grove Elementary. From there, I went to North Miami uh, JFK, John F. Kennedy Junior High. Okay. And then I went to North Miami Senior High and I graduated in 1984. I got a football scholarship. Um, at the time I played football in high school. I went away. The cold weather and some health issues, kidney stones, sent me home. I immediately went to work for my grandmother. God bless her soul. She lived until she was 102. Wow. We uh, had a restaurant business on Miami Beach together. So I did that while I went put myself through school. Uh, I started at Broward Community College. It was a struggle for me because I was uh, trying to help my mom the best that I could. I was trying to help my grandmother the best that I could uh, and my sister. And so I really put family before everything else. Finally, uh, I always knew that I wanted to be a police officer. So growing up, it was I always wanted to be a police, always. Since I was, as, as early as I can remember, I just always had respect for law enforcement. Just my interactions with law enforcement, the honorable job that it is, the fact that you can make a difference in somebody's life and the fact that you can do the right thing and knowing that you do the right thing, especially when nobody's looking, mm. that's what builds character and that's what built my character. And so I started with North Miami Beach Police Department, uh, being born and raised here in 97. I worked uh, patrol. Once I became uh, involved in law enforcement, I realized how important my education was. I went back to school. I got my undergraduate degree at U uh, Union University, which is a local university here in North Miami Beach. They have another campus in Fort Lauderdale. Uh, after that, I continued through uh, growing through North Miami Beach through the ranks. I was promoted to sergeant. Uh, I'm sorry, back up a little bit. I was in patrol for several years. I was then promoted to detective. I worked homicide robbery for 12 years. Uh, I made a name for myself. Um, making a name for myself, uh, meaning I was very uh, well respected and very well respected at the state attorney's office, very well respected with the, the victims uh, who were left behind very well respected with the children in the community. I was out there and I was doing what I was supposed to be doing. From there, I became a sergeant. From there, I became a captain. From there, I became a major. From there, I became a deputy chief. And as I sit here in front of you today, I'm the chief. Uh, during the time from captain to major, I finished my degree. I then went back to school and I finished my master's in organizational leadership. I also attended the FBI National Academy in Quantico, Virginia. I was there for three months and studied at the FBI and got my uh, federal certificate from FBI uh, National Quantico, um, and that's where I am today. Not so bad, little brother. I did very well. So let's let's take a step back. As you you knew you wanted, I'm the little kid uh, growing up, inner city Toledo, Ohio, and I know we got some Ohio connections yes. as well, yes. uh, who always wanted to be the police chief, but you actually did it. I yes. just act like I'm the police chief, but I can say I know some chiefs as well. Sure. But let me just say this to you, chief. As we think about relationships, you talked about you had, you had your name, your character. Yes. That led to various promotions. You yes. run the North Miami Beach Police Department now. Yes. As you serve as chief, as you think about just the relationships with uh, the social justice issues, the div divisiveness, the po the polarization in 2020, and not even not only just 2020, 
uh, we can talk George Floyd and some of the other sure. incidents. Let me ask you this first. What is the racial makeup of North Miami Beach, give or take? Sure. We have, well, we are a very uh, well reflected in our police department um, to our community. Uh, being born and raised here, I know the makeup of the community. It has changed and it continues to change. Mm -hmm. And me, as chief of police, have, I have to be aware of what's going on in the community. And I have to make sure that our department stays consistent with the community. Um, we are at, right now, I'm at 107 sworn. I have approximately 40% um, black. Mm -hmm. I have approximately, I believe I have 14 Haitian police officers, which is one of the largest Haitian police officer um, employment in Dade County. Mm -hmm. um, I have, I believe, 30% Hispanic, uh, some other, meaning some Russian speakers, uh, some um, uh, people from Eastern Europe, um, as well as you know, white officers and white female officers. Good. We're an excellent, excellent. we represent the community excellent. I couldn't be any prouder of that in this agency. As you think of the, of the North Miami Beach community, and I love how you started internally, mm -hmm. because again, that's what makes you the leader that you are. It's the internal focus, making sure diversity within your ranks. Sure. And so how the community, is that pretty close to North Miami Beach's population demographically? if you will, in terms of the makeup of the city? 100%. Okay. And I, I make sure that I pay attention to that. Even though census has come out every 10 years, it's not about that for me. It's about getting out in the community, seeing what kind of people, seeing who's walking around in different neighborhoods, making sure that our community reflects, our police department reflects what's going on in the community. And, and you know, like you spoke about social injustice, I, I'm a big proponent in 21st century policing. I'm a big proponent in moving that forward, big proponent in transparency, big proponent in um, the police department belongs to the people. The police department doesn't belong to me. The police department doesn't belong to my officers. This police department is here because the community wants to feel safe and they want a place that they can come to and the place that they can trust. If we don't have trust, loyalty, commitment, transparency, number one, innovation, then we have nothing. Law enforcement has taken many steps back over the years uh, in allowing the officers to make some really bad decisions. And I blame that on the leaders of organizations. The leaders of organizations set the tone. And leaders need to understand, as I do, that it's not about me. This is, has nothing to do with Richard Rand, the chief of police. This has everything to do with the police officers, with the community, with our city leaders. And once, once we as leaders get a hold of that and we understand that, our product is totally, it's delivered a different way. Uh, I'm very transparent. I just put body-worn cameras on all my police officers. We weekly meet to review the body-worn cameras to make sure that our officers are within policy and guidelines. I have zero tolerance for officers that don't obey policies and procedures. There's no room in this law enforcement agency for that. And I'll be the first one to come out and, and make a difference and change that. Um, and I've seen it. And when I think about what you just said, you know, 21st century policing, uh, and as we think about relationships, yes, going back to the to the old neighborhood, yes, the sports teams you played on, yes, the most effective teams. And let me just ask it in the form of a question. Sure. When you think about your sports career, and you were a linebacker, right? I was a tight end, actually. Tight end. Number 80. Okay, number 80. All right, all right. 80, that's a pretty good number. There's yeah. a few players, that, you know, Jerry Rice and others, Absolutely. That he could catch a little football. He could. Uh, and so having said that, Chief, Think about the impact of sports and kids and what you learn as, as 
being a part of a team. Sure. The transparency, the leadership. Tell me about some of the lessons you've learned through sports and how that impacts community relationships as well. So we're not a team of one. I'm mm -hmm. not a team of one. Mm -hmm. I need my 11 guys on the field. I need my 30 officers on the road. I need my command staff. I need us all to be in sync. I need us all to be there for each other and support each other. I need us all to be there and help each other get up off the ground when we fall. You know, the time to prepare for tough times is during times of peace. Mm -hmm. And we have to have support. And if, if we think that we can get through something alone, we're going to fall down. And I don't mind falling down as long as I fall fo forward and I know that there's going to be somebody there that's going to pick me up. And it's okay to fall down. You know, the greatest leaders in the world fall down all the time. But we get back up. And so in sports, I learned definitely discipline. Mm -hmm. I learned to take care of my equipment because it's what protects me. I learned to respect my coaches. I learned to respect my other players, my other co-workers on the team. And I learned to respect myself. And it helped build a self-inner feeling of accomplishment that I could do something. I might have not been the best football player, but you know what? And I might not be the best chief, but I get up every day, I come to work, and I do the right thing. I'd rather have somebody on a team that's coachable than someone who has it all together and knows it. Absolutely. There's a mentality, sure. and you know exactly what I'm talking about. Leave your ego at the door. No, in, in business, uh, whether it be law enforcement or any other business, but also in the athletic context as Absolutely. well. And, and so as we think about that, Chief, as I think about kids who are growing up in so many communities, kids who grew up like you and me, mm -hmm. Uh, not having that positive male role model in their life. Uh, it's, most of the kids we serve at Big Brothers, Big Sisters, single, female-headed households. And these incredible women are doing the best they can do. I mean, it's incredible. Mm -hmm. And they trust organizations like Big Brothers, Big Sisters. And so as we think about your, your personal mentorship journey, you recently became a big brother. Yes. Tell me about that process your thought process, sure. and then your first meeting with your little brother. Because sure. the picture was absolutely incredible. So uh, one of the commissioners, Commissioner Jean, was actually the one that brought it to the forefront. And right when she brought it to the forefront, obviously I went back in time and I started thinking about how I felt when I had a big brother, what my experience was. Again, going back to what you said, how my mother trusted the program, how my mother would allow somebody that was a big brother to take me from the home and take me horseback riding or take me bowling, how she trusted the process. And so I thought to myself, as the leader of the police organization, I thought to myself, I'm not gonna ask somebody to do something if I can't do it myself, mm. right? So I immediately took to the program I immediately thought, what a great way to give back. What a great way to show everybody, not only, not only for myself, but for some little one that needs some guidance. As a chief of police, to be a big brother and go there, I, I just knew that it was going to make an impact. And so I, I didn't even question it. I told my wife. My wife said, you do what you think is right. It's going to take a lot of your time, but I know you and you'll figure it out. And I signed up, went through the process, and almost immediately I went right to the school. Uh, I took the little one out of his classroom. We sat and we had lunch, and the feeling that I got was just incredible. We sat in the middle of where all the kids walk. I was in uniform. He sat there. He actually came across the table and sat next to me. We had lunch together. I brought my lunch that day, and we sat there together, and he was just so proud to show me off. 
And I was so proud to sit there with him. And for about the 15, 20 minutes that I was sitting there, it was a whole nother world. I, I wasn't thinking about what I do as a police chief. I, I was thinking about what this little, how can I impact this little boy's life? How can I make his life better? What footsteps am I leaving in the sand for this little boy? When I turn around and I look back, at least I, I know that some way, somehow, I can touch the little one's life and make a difference. And, and to me, that, that there's, it's the closest thing that I can think of to God. Well, let me tell you, uh, it's a blessing to have you as a big brother. Thank you. And you know, he was big man on campus. Absolutely. Uh, I mean, but think about that. Yeah. So when we think community policing, uh, 21st century policing, as you refer to it, through the lens of a relationship, you're in the middle of the courtyard, if you will, at the school, yep. in uniform. People see police on campus, a lot of things can go through their mind. Sure. We've had these horrific incidents in South Florida, across the nation, but we trace it back, Chief, and we wanna talk about prevention as well. Mm -hmm. But for that day and the days moving forward with you and your little brother, what's your little brother's first name? Angel. Angel, <laughs> how appropriate. God, so, God works in mysterious ways. No doubt. So your little brother, Angel, is sitting in the middle of a courtyard with his peers. He's in what, is he third grader, uh, Angel? Uh, third, fourth grade. Fourth grade, that's fourth grader. Here's the police chief in uniform sitting there having lunch, mm -hmm. but it goes beyond lunch. You know that as Absolutely. well as I do. Absolutely. Uh, did, what did he say to you? Just uh, give us a little play by play again into the relationship. I mean, because obviously it was the first meeting. Was he shy? He wasn't shy. He took to me right away. And that was one of the things that I was concerned about is that we wouldn't have, mm -hmm. you know, as an older gentleman and being in law enforcement, sometimes it's hard to relate to people children, right? Yes. I have two children of my own. So I was a little bit more at ease with it, but he was absolutely a phenomenal kid. We spoke about, it was right before Christmas. So we oh. spoke about what he wanted for Christmas. We spoke about uh, what I do. He asked me about my boys. Um, he asked me, which was unbelievable. He asked me what my younger son would think if he knew that he had a little brother. The insight of a fourth grader. Incredible. How'd you answer that? I said, he would love you. And I went home and told my son, who's now 13, and he said, I wanna meet him. So just bringing people together, that, that, that bond that just brings people together by allowing people to open up their heart and let the love in and just being accepting is just really what it's all about. And mentoring is all about family. Mentoring is all about family. You think about when you were a little brother mm -hmm. and Mitch picking you up uh, he obviously has met your mom. Yes. He's probably met your grandmother as well. Absolutely. Your grandmother. And just the depths of the relationship. And But again, I just want to just reinforce a, re reinforce a fourth grader asking you, what would your son think? Because he's already looking at you as family. Yeah. Would I be accepted with your family? Yeah. And I love, you know, not surprisingly, your response to such a deep, question yes. from a fourth grader. I'm a fourth grader. But think about that level of relationship. And sure. if we had more, more bigs, not only just in law enforcement, but let's stay in the law enforcement space. Sure. The impact of bigs in blue. Uh, you, know, you know mentoring firsthand. Yes. The impact of bigs in blue on public safety, prevention, and just community relationships. Talk to me about that. It would change police work 100%. Why would it change police work? 
the community has lost trust in law enforcement because law enforcement hasn't done the right thing. I'm not going to say all law enforcement, but I'm going to say a lot of law enforcement. And the media carries a lot of these bad stories across. So people see certain things, you know, a lot of people see things that they want to see, but they don't see a lot of good of what, a lot of good in what we do. And so we as a profession need to change our approach to handling our communities. How do we do that? We, come in, we become engaged, we become transparent, we become honest. When we make a mistake, we own up to it and we accept full responsibility for it. And we start to establish relationships. Leadership is a relationship. And if you don't have that relationship, you can't lead. People don't trust you. When people don't trust you, they don't want their children talking to police. The worst thing that I always heard when I used to work off-duty jobs is stay away from him because he's going to take you to jail. Mm. And I would stop the parent respectfully and say, ma'am, sir, because I've got it from fathers too, I'm not here to take your child to jail. I'm not here to take anybody to jail. I'm here to make sure I'm a guardian. I'm a guardian of the Constitution. I'm a guardian of your rights. I'm here to make sure that you're safe and your little one's safe. That's all I'm here for. And people would look at me and for a second, they wouldn't really, they would, they, and then they would walk away. And I've had people even stop and turn around and say, you know what? We've never met anybody like you. And that was the time that I knew that that was what I was going to contribute to law enforcement. So to get back to your original question, we need to start building trust within our communities by letting people see pictures like that with me and my little one by letting people see pictures of officers getting involved, by us going out there and working with the pro athletes, working with the pillars in the community, not just focusing on the bad. The bad is happening because we're not focusing on that. We gotta focus on the good and bring people towards the good. And I think that is the change that communities need. So the mentoring changes the messaging and the messaging changes minds. Absolutely. Because when Angel's mom, that you certainly will, will make sure you get an opportunity to meet her. Yes. Think about that. No, that's you know the man behind the badge. Mm -hmm. You and your uh, colleagues, not only here at North Miami Beach, but across the nation, uh, you keep us safe. Yes. Uh, you signed up to be, you always, you've always wanted to be a police officer. Yes. Uh, I know you mentioned earlier, but at the, at the core, why did you always want to be a police officer? Hit that nail one more time for me. Because I wanted to change. I wanted to make a positive difference in people's lives. A positive difference in people's lives. And it hurts me, you know, having the flag in my office and my one of my first mentors, my uncle, the late Deputy Sheriff Gary Claypool at Los Angeles County Police Department, a Sheriff's Office rather, when I think about just what you all do every day mm -hmm. and, you know, the media messaging. And so, and again, full transparency as a black man, the media can certainly portray images. Right. If you always share the bad stuff, it can certainly harm relationships and people see those images and they form their opinions. So I'm so thankful to have bigs like you, leaders like you, and having real and raw conversations because in every single industry, there are challenges. Sure. I call you, them opportunities. Exactly. I love it. And so as we fail forward, as you said, we make mistakes, but no, that's just opportunity to, Absolutely. to just to learn to get up and, and grow and get up. So there's an athletic, there's a sports mentality. Absolutely. Uh, but it's also it's that's why we call this podcast the game of life. So thank you for not only always seeking to help, but seizing opportunities. And you will be very instrumental thank as you. we seek to recruit more 
big, starting here in North Miami Beach. Absolutely. Uh, because certainly we will uh, spend some time together and talk to your officers Absolutely. here. But not only that, within this community. Sure. I look forward to a big draft, teaming up with you and other chiefs to really build those relationships. But as you, if you were to say uh, something to potential bigs on why they should get involved, uh, as a big, why they should get involved, and whether it's in a school setting, in the community, even uh, from a workforce uh, standpoint, workforce development standpoint, sure. why should they get involved as a big? So, and I'm just talking from how I feel mm -hmm. after becoming a big, and I can only speak for myself. When I leave Angel, and I'm driving home to my own family, I feel empowered. I feel like I've just made a difference. I feel like I've brought a smile to a child's face. I feel like maybe I've said something that's gonna click in that child's mind and they're gonna make a better decision. Maybe they're dealing something with, uh, within their life that they don't know how to handle it and hopefully I'm the guy that they can come to, the person, the big, that they can come to and talk about that. And just knowing that my purpose in life is not only to take care of my family, believe in God, but it's to apply what I know, what I've been given from God, I need to give it away. So why should people become a big? Because it fulfills your heart. It fulfills your soul. It helps me rest at night when I go home and I go to sleep. Am I really making a difference besides putting on my uniform and coming to work? And I can proudly say yes. As we think about Angel and all yes. the littles uh, here in uh, our beautiful South Florida community, uh, when Angel got up from that table having lunch with you, I think it's pretty safe to say he didn't go and get into a fight. He didn't go and get into any trouble. Go ahead, sir. I got to tell you a quick story. <laughs> I walked him to class. He turned around and he looked at me and he said, when will I see you again? And if that doesn't bring emotion to somebody, they're not human because it almost brings a tear to my eye. And I got chills on my, on my skin. And I stood there in full uniform, grown man, chief of police, and it brought me to my knees. And I looked at him and I said, I'm gonna come see you again. I think we had lunch on a Tuesday or Wednesday. We had a Snowfest event coming up here in the city where Santa Claus was coming on ice and stuff and we were giving away gifts. I said, Angel, I'm gonna come back and see you on Friday. I don't know that I can have lunch with you because I think it was a half a day, but I'm gonna bring you a golden ticket like they have in the Willy Wonka. And with that golden ticket, you can come to Snowfest and we'll go shopping together for a toy for you. We'll pick it out together. He said, really, you promise? I said, I don't, I, of course I do. I left, uh, I got into my car, I immediately came to the station, I immediately had a golden ticket printed. Friday I showed up at about 11 o'clock at his school, I knocked on his door, two little girls answered the door to this classroom. They said, Angel, your brother's here. Forget about the uniform. Angel, your brother's here. It sort of caught me off guard because I'm looking over my shoulder, usually hearing people say the police are here. And they said, Angel, your brother's here. And he came running to the door and hugged me. And I thought to myself, what a difference, what a difference the first meeting that I had with this young man. And I handed him the golden ticket. And I said, this is for you, like I promised. He said, can I talk to you? I said, absolutely. Close the door. He pulled me aside and he told me about some trouble that he had gotten in in school. And I told him, I said, have you told your dad? He said, yes. I said, what can I do to help you? How can we get through this together? He said, I feel bad about what I did. I said, so how do you make it right? How do you make this right, Angel? He wasn't sure. I gave him some recommendations, some options. 
some opportunities to make this right. He took my, one of my opportunities, he went to the teacher that he misbehaved in front of, and he looked at her in the eyes and he said, I'm very sorry. And she, you know, set him straight a little bit and gave him how she felt. And he again looked at her and said, I'm sorry. And then he looked at me and I said, great job. Have a great Christmas. You did good. I put my hand on his shoulder and he went to class. That was my Friday before Christmas. If that doesn't change somebody's heart, I don't know what will. And that was my just my, my, my second time being with him. Second time. Second time. And then Christmas came along and I was out of town and obviously New Year's came along. So, you know, um, and I've reached out to, uh, re- trying to reach out to his dad who doesn't speak a lot of English. Okay. Um, and Angel's English is a little broken. So one of my things is I want to help him learn English. Yes. He's struggling in math. I happen to be pretty good in math, and so is my son. So these are some of the things for the new year that uh, we're getting back on track with. Um, so that's been my experience. That was it's just unbelievable. Thank you for sharing that story because it speaks to when people say, how much will a little bit of time, would it, will it really make a difference? Well, <laughs> drop the mic. Yeah, absolutely. Two times you've met this young man in his life. Yep. He's owning up to responsibility. He's yep. sharing with you. And it's not just the chief, it's not the badge, it's a human being that showed up. And so many kids are just let down. When will I see you again? Yep. So your commitment, his commitment. So when one person mentors, two lives are changed. Because yes. I think it's pretty safe. I'm looking in your eyes, sir, and I know he's gotten to you. You've yes. gotten to him. But he's gotten to you as well. Yeah, so, has. what has Angel taught you before we uh, before we close out, my friend? What has Angel taught you already? That strong relationships, honesty, looking in somebody's eyes when you talk to them, and just being who you are, being who you are, knowing that we're all individuals, and knowing that we have something to give in life, and knowing that we are well respected and well liked, and to have confidence in yourself, and it's okay to make a mistake. It's okay. It's okay. It's fine. Just get back up. Get back up and get in the game. You lose when you don't get back up and you stay on the ground. You lose when people are, you know, uh, uh, against you and trying to, you know, uh, change things in your life. Just get up. Get up. Get up and put one foot in front of the other and keep going. Apologize for your mistakes. Be honest. Look people in the eyes when you talk to them. Speak from the heart. And God will take care of you. As a tight end, did you ever drop a ball? Absolutely. Absolutely. How did you feel when you dropped the ball? Like I probably wouldn't get put back into the game. Did you ever get an opportunity to redeem yourself? Did any coach ever give you the opportunity to redeem yourself? Absolutely. How did that feel? I was in the, uh, the old Orange Bowl. It was my 1984. We were the state champs. We were playing. I forgot the name of the team we were playing. The coach called me. He goes, Rand, get in the game. I put on my helmet. I thought to myself, God, please. I got in, I prayed, <laughs> uh, and uh, we needed a first down. And uh, I did a button hook, caught the ball, and we got a first down. And um, came off the field. Um, I wasn't the starting tight end. The starting tight end had gotten hurt. And so that was my redemption. I got in, I did what I had to do, and I got out. And since then, I always think to myself, that when we start thinking in our minds that we can't do something, that's when we fail. Mm-hmm. When we start thinking in our minds that we can do something, it's okay to fail, knowing that it's okay to fail, 
But as long as we know that we can do something and we at least give it a try and get out there, it worked. And now that that's worked, it's what I've applied for you know my whole career and it's lasted, it's been 25 great years. Service looks good on you, sir. Thank you. Thank you for catching the ball when we threw it to be a big because you you know what the feeling. Absolutely. You've been on the receiving end of, of big brothers, big sisters. And mentoring. sitting here with you today, I mean, I'm, I'm probably going to go head over to Grinnell's Park and say hi to Angel and see how his new year was. Mm. I want to do that before I go home. Something I want to do today. Well, my friend, it's, it is an absolute honor to have you as the chief of the North Miami Beach Police Department serving a community that serves you that has served you for so many years. Yes. And we're thankful to have you and the Big Brothers, Big Sisters, and I'm Miami honored. family. I'm honored. It is our honor. We are here uh, thinking about, talking about the game of life. Uh, the lump in my throat is real. The tear out of the corner of my right eye is real because we got so many kids like Angel, so many little brothers uh, like, like Richard ran as a little boy who are just waiting for that special person to come into their life. Uh, this is real relationships. We're talking about real community. And in the game of life, everybody can do something. When you suit up, when you show up, and when you catch the ball, because our kids are waiting for you. In the game of life, everybody makes the team, but how you play is up to you. Let's go. Let's go.